Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt and Paul, helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. That was the podcast. On that bombshell, should we actually start? And an intent, and an intent for eating cheese, and an intent. <laughs> Seriously though, use that code. I need some money. <laughs> actually, do you like cheese? Well, now you can get the power of cheese straight <laughs> from the cow to your mouth with an intent, and an intent. I I prefer an IV line than in the mouth. I prefer to <laughs> liquefy it and just get it straight in the veins. Fred, why are your triglycerides so high? <laughs> uh, that's not triglycerides, that's literally cheese. <laughs> uh, um, just for, I've actually started recording, but just for anyone listening, um, the uh, small donation that we get back from Eileen, for anyone that does purchase using our code, you get 10% obviously, but that does fund our podcast and our free content, so... You know, think of it. Think of that you're paying for the content that you're listening to. Wait, wait a second. You're saying that doesn't go straight into your pocket? Um, it really doesn't. No. Wow. If I told you how, if I told you how much it was, you'd be astounded, and not in in kind of like the the positive way. It's not a lot of money. <laughs> ah well, we won't hold it against you. Thank you. Um, although a nice cold block of cheese against my head right now would feel quite. Quite refreshing, I think. Um, bear in mind, uh... so <laughs> multi-purpose. Yes, it is. It is. Um, <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I feel. I feel control like... the world. You can have a block of cold cheese. There you go. I, Rab, do you want a job? That's uh, all right. Are you sure? Because uh, yeah. I'll be honest. I reckon I could get you a job in in their marketing department with voiceovers like that. I've always wanted to be a voice artist. I think you'd do well. You know what I think is, is interesting is in, I, I, I don't know what it's like in Ireland anymore, but in Aldi in England, no, in, in Little in England, when the till speaks to you, it speaks in an Irish accent. Yes, it does. Yeah. It does. And do you know what's even, even kind of more tenuous? Tenuous? Yeah. Um, the specific voice, and I mean specific voice, not just the accent, is identical to a lady that used to work in a BMW garage. I mean, that sold me my vehicle. Her name was Nula. Nula, yeah. That's a good. That's a good name. I like yeah. Nula. Her name is Nula. Is it? Is it, Was that sarcasm? I wouldn't know. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a, that's a, uh, like a really, really traditional Irish name. Right. Okay. Well, there we go. That explains that. Um, <laughs> she she had like literally the identical voice to their um, to their these machines that you're talking about, and so much so that almost every time I pay for stuff in there, I go, "Oh, it's Nula." From, from... So I wonder if that's actually her. Maybe. Maybe that was her second job. <laughs> she's artist. not working at the garage anymore, is she? Uh, ooh, ouch! I hope I hope she is, but if she's not, then mm, savage. Um, <laughs> well, if she isn't working at the garage, I hope she has another job and she isn't homeless, because that would be disappointing. Anywho, um, I've noticed, Richard, you've had a haircut. Let's explore that. Uh, I have had a haircut. Look, it, it it was bad, man. I've been in lockdown for four months. Yeah, 16 weeks officially for myself um, because I was looking at my, my calendar today and I had one haircut in the middle of it that uh, Georgia, my girlfriend, very, very kindly did for me. Um, and I just didn't want to go through that again. I just <laughs> It's very, very difficult to watch yourself and kind of give instructions to the person who's cutting your hair. It's like, no, no, don't do that. Um, but she did a really good job. Uh, the back wasn't so great, but I couldn't see that, so it didn't really matter. But um, it was just nice to get a professional... Uh, haircut again. Well, you got in there very fast. And uh, Rab, I see that you have had a fine groom around the lower face area. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was telling Richie I had a share like 30 minutes before we jumped on the the call. Um, I was in, down in Kerry today, so I was just like, get me out of this car and into a share. How long did that drive take you, by the way? Like about six hours? Uh I'm going to say it was four hours. Oof. That's good going. It is. Very good going. Yeah. It's about, Could have been more, though. Yeah. But I think it was four. It's about the drive from Norwich to Liverpool. There you go. There you go. Come on over. There you go. Why don't you come on over, Hadley? Did it, did. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. 
invite rescinded. Sorry. Oh, okay. Invite rescinded. It's like that, hey? Well, let's just shut this call down then. <laughs> you can come as long as you don't. You can come over as long as you don't sing. It's grand. I thought the scene was quite good, actually. <laughs> no. Oh, brutal rap. Fun, as well. fun, fun fact. Fun fact. I have sung at several weddings. I've sung at. I have genuinely sung at one wedding. So no, as in like, I've been. I've actually been asked to on behalf <laughs> of not like not just like in the middle when people have had a few drinks. No, like, I, I, I've I've been asked to sing at a wedding. It was karaoke, so that counts. <laughs> My, my question to Rob was going to be professionally or drunkenly. Yeah, was he paid? Were you paid? I wasn't paid, but in the sense of during the ceremony, I was asked to sing. So, oh, what do you okay. sing? I sing the songs that they have asked to be sung. Richard, <laughs> name that song. <laughs> just, just curious, like, like, are we talking, do you sing gospel? Do you sing a particular <laughs> style? Gospel. Mm. Do you, do you whatever, like whatever, whatever they ask. We, I, we, did, we did a cover of Mumford & Sons. Yeah, myself and Suzette did a Mumford & Sons cover oh. for, for one of our friends, but that's neither here nor there. But I'm just saying, as you guys were faux singing, I just thought I would drop some levity in there. And yeah. Well, Rich, Richard, I would genuinely like you to now pick a song and let Rab go away. Come on. Yeah. Doesn't work like that, guys. Doesn't work like <laughs> Why that. does it not? Do I have to get married? Um, Again. Get married online over this, and then we'll annul it afterwards, Brett. Um, uh, I'd have to get divorced first. They're, they're fundamental. That's why it can be easily annulled oh, okay. if, we're, if you're married. <laughs> I might also go to jail. <laughs> well, well minor, um, minor detail. On that oh. note. On that note, singing. Have either of you seen the new Eurovision movie? No. It's awful. I, oh, man, I, I had such a laugh watching that. <laughs> the first 15 to 20 minutes are, you know, entertaining. And then... Again, like all Netflix movies, they kind of run out of ideas and money. Uh, it, it was it was a slow burn, and there was a lot of slow moments in it. But I just I loved how much they were literally ripping the piss out of um, Eurovision and and Europe and Europeans in general. I was just like, yeah, this is what Americans think of us. Yeah, <laughs> it does work both ways, though. Let's be honest. Yeah, it was good. Uh, it, uh, I, I I enjoyed it for for a light. Uh, comic movie if you're looking for something and you're bored off your something yeah i would i would recommend watching it that, yeah Brett, uh, i think it's, it's it's a good it's a good kind of eat lean cheese movie you know i think you could sit down and enjoy a meal of eat lean cheese products <laughs> i think that was a very i'm gonna use that word again tenuous uh, link or plug but I that hey, that we'll, a, we'll take it. That was a silky segue right there. Of course. Oh. Well, anyway, so other than haircuts <clears throat> and beard trims, um, how the devil are we both outside of those? Anything interesting to tell our listeners? Rahab, how was your holiday? Um, it was fine. It was down in the country and we had a great time. So that's pretty much about it. You should work for the Irish Tourist Board. Yeah. That was absolutely phenomenal. I want to go wherever you went. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure, right? I could I could segment that clip out and send it on to them, and you will get many royalties. <laughs> Much royalty. Man. What about you, Richie? Uh, How have you been? Uh, been good. Uh, been very busy. The last month, with the last like week and a half, has been you know things have chilled out a bit. So I was working on a few papers. Some of those have been submitted, and it's good to be chilling out a little bit now. And um, George has got a birthday coming up, so I am looking forward to taking a complete day off, which will be really really nice. Very good. Um, ha- has the busyness of your life challenged said? Uh, dieting thought experiment that we have previously spoken about very very much so yeah absolutely um i found my because i was not sleeping properly at all um i was doing i was burning uh uh the candle at both ends for a few weeks and i was getting very little sleep and then obviously my hunger was kind of out of control some days so i have not made the progress weight loss wise that i was hoping to but back on track now so 
hopefully that'll uh, um, that'll all work out. But I think that, I think that's kind of it, it's good a good experiment for me because it's like you just realize sometimes things get in the way of life, and mm-hmm. you know you're you're going to have times where you'll probably gain weight. You'll have times where it'll be easier to lose weight, and you know you just kind of have to take the good times with the bad. And I I, I suppose that kind of helps with making decisions about when is a good time to to do something or not do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I'd, I'd also say. I think it probably helps with a lot of personal experience and then kind of then working with other people, um, potentially with the kind of the empathy side and just as I say, the personal experience side where you've suddenly understand a bit more how other people's lives and can help support them in that way. I say it's, yeah. experience is good. I agree. I agree. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Rab Master. Um, shall we get on to speaking regarding plant-based diets and carnivore diets or ketogenic diets even oh ketogenic well ketogenic carnivore diet same thing well this is the thing that myself and richie were 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 talking about before um you joined us brett was that it is perhaps being talked about as carnivore versus like vegan diet but maybe in its actual form doesn't actually compare those two so okay that has been my input let's let's explain this so um we wanted to just go over a recent well pre um preprint preprint thank you god christ blow me it's late um so a, a non-published study yet uh, from Kevin Hall and his lab of 7,000 people um, where, yeah, they are compared... Well, he wants to... Essentially, what they're trying to do is just kind of talking about some competing models of obesity, um, which is often touted around the fitness industry within... Well, not even the fitness industry, in Dream Pop as well, kind of the whole carbs are bad type analysis or the people that then the other side, which seem to think that um, keto or high fat is the way to go because um, no that's the same low carb, high fat, high fat low carb, let's get that right essentially um, comparing both paradoxes almost to say which is the best in terms of um, body weight control or body weight or body fat loss or all of those mechanisms, all of those things so um when when you hear about this type of thing, as soon as you, as soon as I heard that, I was like, "Well, we kind of already know this, don't we?" I don't know if any, if either your twos, what what were your initial thoughts, kind of thinking about there's another study or say another study, a study on this. Was there anything kind of stood out originally or immediately? I, or when when I heard it had been done, I was, I, I think it, it was the kind of study that needed to be done because you you don't get a huge amount of properly let's say um controlled trials where they'll say okay we've got a perfect let's say and we'll just use the examples here we've got a a whole foods plant-based diet on one side and we've got a more or less whole foods um ketogenic diet animal-based products ketogenic diet on the other side and so we've had studies where they've controlled for calories and stuff like this and the one, the difference with this study is that it wasn't controlled for calories. It was ad libitum, so people were allowed to eat as much as they wanted. So it's kind of a, a really, really good example of a almost a real life scenario. Yeah. Where you're you're going to be providing people with with food. They can ha- they have control over how much they eat or how much they don't eat. Um, so it kind of gives you a bit of an idea if if these were the food options these people had, what would they eat in real life? And and I, you know, there's only so much you can say compare to real life because it was a uh, a metabolic ward so well it wasn't metabolic ward but it was a study where they were they were confined to a clinic for yeah. for a month um so it was good to to have that and to see that and to compare two very very different dietary practices um and one that is kind of much maligned by the other if you know what i mean yeah yeah and i think the point now of the whole food um 
part of the study in in that obviously it does make quite a big difference around the types of food something we talked about obviously in the last time around the levels of food variety palatability or hyperpalatability and that type of stuff being whole food you're then mostly falling into that less palatable type of stuff um, which again is an interesting i think part of this study what as as the types of foods they're eating and if you look through the supplemental parts at the end it was interesting to see some of how the meal compositions were as well in that yeah. they are probably what you know healthful foods in the most part even so one one of the things that you kind of i think a lot of people think about when they go through and think about things like ketogenic diets is certainly from a nutrition standpoint you could in terms of i suppose the the, the micronutrient level and phytonutrient level where you start to worry about where those are coming from Obviously, ketogenic diets, there's a high risk that people do it poorly, which can be said for any diet, don't get me wrong, but when people do it poorly, that they do then suddenly have a, a sudden lack of fiber, phytonutrients, micronutrients, because they're literally living on bacon and butter. Um, which, to be fair, sounds like an amazing diet, however. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you, you start to get into kind of something that is a bit more real-world applicable, like you said, Richie, I think, because um, none of us, certainly as practitioners, are going to be promoting out people go go do a ketogenic diet based on butter and bacon so whereas obviously the results of this study might start to kind of mold shape or inform what you might start to say to people based on they're actually using some some whole foods and or all whole foods that you would probably suggest to people so mm-hmm. i thought that was an interesting point from it which is like you say i haven't seen many studies or any studies really that has, has kind of gone down that line um do we want to describe the so i don't know if we want to start getting into kind of the, the just the general premise or, or makeup of the study i know you've kind of done that already in the high levels but in terms of just a bit more around the um the actual study design rob do you want to take that one oh, yeah well from what i had noted down obviously it's an inpatient study so not metabolic ward but there is a, an element of control over that within the clinic environment um, it was ad libitum um, there were three meals suggested, uh, continuous snacks and water on the basis of being instructed to eat as much as, or as little as desired. Um, I think the percentages that were, again, I chatted to Richie beforehand, but the percentages of like the the breakdown was pretty interesting. I mean, I'm not saying it's like, again, people say, oh, well, you know, it wasn't watertight, but it was fairly watertight. So in the... Uh, animal-based when it was 10% of it was carbohydrate-based, 75% was fat, or 75.8% was fat-based, and 14.2% was protein-based versus um, in the uh, plant-based model of the dietary pattern, it was 10.3% was fat, 75.2% carbohydrate, and 143 was protein. So again, nice design. I think it Again, the question it set out to seem to be quite a, like if you look at the the wider picture of this, to be quite specific in this was definitely like a very animal-based diet versus a very plant-based diet. So there was no, there could be no questions asked. Because usually questions is asked about, get asked about this kind of thing. Oh, well, they didn't do this or they didn't do that. I think they try to make it as comprehensive as possible, which I think um, lends a lot of weight to what they found from it so what 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 i found from that bit though so essentially the the macro ratios are 75 15 no, 75 10 15 centi and then flipped so against the animal based low carb and yeah. plant based low fat but so in terms of percentage of energy intake obviously they're roughly the same but the energy intake was quite different between groups mm. so and Rab, you just made a point there around having, you know, they've tried to keep it watertight in terms of matching almost. Um, but I think you, the certainly the, and this is probably contrary almost to what findings they did find, but in my opinion, but the, the plant-based diet obviously had quite a low protein amount compared to, as you, as you maybe expect on a, you know, a plant-based diet, you know, if they're eating plant-based foods, obviously, as we know, protein uh, or higher protein foods are a bit more difficult to then come across um but yet the actual ad libitum amount of energy intake was a lot lower in a plant-based group so mm. explain that one don't say fiber all right do say fiber but 
I, I suppose like before we even get into that, it's it's kind of good to to talk about like what is the whole point of the study and. I, I think, as we mentioned, we had two different dietary paradigms. You've got the, the ketogenic people, the low carbers. You've got the plant-based high carbers. And they're all saying our diet is better. But like, how do you define which diet is better? And I suppose if we want to start off in one perspective, we can just talk from a weight loss perspective. Okay. Um, and we have, to, we have to kind of separate that because there's other aspects. There's like there's other aspects of health that are beside weight loss. And one thing that ketogenic or low carbers will often say is that the, one of the advantages of a low carb diet is that it automatically helps people to reduce appetite and reduce how much they eat. So if somebody eats a, a low carb diet just by going on a low carb diet, it'll make you eat less. Uh, which to a certain point is is absolutely true um, because it's like it's sponta- spontaneous calorie reduction that that is what happens um, but then there are people who will say that if it's a proper ketogenic diet you'll produce ketones and there is ev- some evidence to say that ketones actually help reduce appetite so you eat even less which sounds really really good so basically if you go on a ketogenic diet your appetite is lower you're going to eat less fantastic you lose weight um and then they would also say that insulin, uh, on, if you're eating a high carbohydrate diet, insulin, blood sugar spikes, they will mess with your appetite and you'll probably end up eating more. So we, we needed something to say, well, is that true? Um, and we wanted to see if you are following either or of these diets, if you're following your high carb, low fat or your low fat, high carb, which one of those will actually cause somebody to eat less, to eat fewer calories and which will cause better weight loss or changes in body composition. Um, and then we can talk about like the, the, the whole change in the, let's say the, the clinical risk markers that they were looking at as well. But I, I, I think that was like the, the important thing to look at. And yeah, there, I think one of the interesting things was you, you said, Brett, did you say protein was lower in the plant-based one? Mm-hmm. But uh, so from what I looked at, uh, the actual intakes of, Pro, yeah, so like the the absolute level intake of protein was lower, um, but the percentage was quite similar across the groups. Yeah. Um, is that going to be a problem uh, long term? You don't know. It's a two week study. Um, but I suppose like like Rab, do you want to kind of just give a, a bit of a rundown of what what actually happened when like at the end of the diet? Like how, how did things like turn out? You don't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You do. Uh, <laughs> you do. Do you want me to? Go for yeah. it, Brett. Go for it. Well, um, obviously in the two-week diet, the so we're, obviously we're talking about energy intake, um, obviously just, I suppose, exploring that hypothesis like Richard just said around spontaneous calories reduction or whether the animal-based low-carb diet, therefore, aka ketogenic, we're just going to call them ketogenic and plant-based, let's just, or high-carb, let's just call it like this freeze. Um, so, does the study find um, the same outcome as what a lot of people have touted, like Richie said, around whether a higher fat ketogenic type diet, a lot that that does produce ketones, does have a effect on people's appetite and therefore reduce their calorie uh, intake? So the, the, over the fourteen days, the I didn't all. all all cal- energy intakes reduced, but reduced a little more in the plant-based diet. Certainly, in terms of their average energy intakes, the plant-based diet was a lot lower than the ketogenic diet. So, I mean, if you look at Figure One Graph C, I think, yes. Um, I mean, you're talking the mean. Uh, average energy intake there was about well, roughly 2,000 calories on the plant-based, roughly 2,650 on the ketogenic. So that's obviously an average of like 600 and something calorie difference more in the ketogenic diet, which goes against obviously that claim of, well, people eat more on a high-carb diet than they do on a low-fat, on a high-fat diet. You know, mm-hmm. people have a high-fat diet and they're not, you're not hungry. Well, if you're eating only bacon and butter, you're probably not hungry because I'll be honest, how much bacon and butter, as amazing as that sounds for a little while, can you really c- consume over two weeks? Really? It, does that sound amazing? No. Because, like, if somebody says to me doesn't. bacon and butter, butter, I'm like, really? Jesus, that sounds well, maybe bacon. disgusting. Maybe bacon. Like, how, how much bacon can you eat? <laughs> a, no, lot. Quite, a, a lot. A <laughs> lot. St- problem is, though, stick it on pancakes with maple syrup and I'll eat a ton of it. But then we're probably moving... <laughs> there you slightly. go, exactly. Yeah, yeah we're, we're probably uh, diversifying our study slightly. So... 
anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I get, the thing is though, like it does this this the the outcome of that part of this study does seem to go against what the claims generally are from people that follow a ketogenic diet. In that, it, you're just not hungry. You're not hungry on a ketogenic diet, so eat less. Well, but this... see, but I I think I think the good thing was okay. The study did show that both of these diets and, and let's let's call them let, let's say what they are they are restrictive diets okay uh, because you are cutting out entire food groups both of these restrictive diets effectively reduced calorie intake mm -hmm. okay and that that's that's a good thing like so you know if somebody says i am not going vegan no matter what well okay you don't need to you there there are other options available i think it's good that people can see that um both groups lost weight as well mm -hmm. um just just on that before you go on so i don't mean to cut you off what i found astounding is so that average in energy intake of like 2600 or something obviously for the first week of this study a lot of those people on a high fat diet were eating like 3200 3300 calories across that time mm -hmm. and losing weight that, well done yeah <laughs> <laughs> but the, the super interesting thing about that was with the with the high fat people so they, they tracked them obviously over two weeks and they noticed that when they started the diet, their uh, energy intake didn't drop initially. It, it went down slightly. But after, in the second week, there was a considerable drop in energy intake. And they, they put that down to the fact that after a number of days, ketones would have started to be produced. People would go into ketosis basically and mm -hmm. start producing ketones. And that's where you get that kind of appetite suppressive effect where you're reducing energy intake. So it takes a few days to happen. Whereas with the, the plant-based diet, there was that immediate and continuous drop in energy intake, like right from the get-go. Um, and, and I think one thing, and we should probably talk about why that happens. And like, there's probably a load of reasons for it. But with the plant-based diets, so with both diets, they, uh, they analyze the, um, the, the caloric density of the food. Okay, so basically how many calories uh, are in each gram of food and with the plant-based diet it was what was let me see with the plant-based diet the energy density was 1.1 calories per gram okay so that doesn't mean a huge amount but with the the low carb high fat diet it was actually double the caloric density it was 2.2 grams of calorie uh, uh 2.2 calories per gram I thought that was really interesting and I was like, I was wondering, I was saying this to Rob earlier, I was like, I wonder did they do that on purpose? And like, if they did fair play to them because working that out in reality would have been a nightmare to do with like all of the different foods they have. Mm -hmm. But it just goes to show like, I think to, to kind of give people a bit of a, a perspective of, of what that is, is if you've got like 100 grams of the plant-based diet and you've got 100 grams of the animal foods diet, you've got twice the amount of calories in that animal foods, that ketogenic diet right there so it's a smaller amount of food with more like or same amount of food by volume or or by weight but much more calories and it's it's i think that's one reason why it's easier to eat more calories on that kind of diet is because it's <clears> you know it's it's not it's, it is more calorie dense and things that are more calorie dense you know and this goes back to our conversation that we did on you know ultra processed foods things that are more calorie dense are just it's easy to overeat them and just to eat a lot more Mm. <laughs> All right, lads. I, I was no, no. I was waiting for Rab to to jump in. He's just hmm. <laughs> um, no, but I I think like when we go like the question, there's so many like the layers that people end up discussing from this all boil down to at the end of the day, there there are people who say, well, which would be the best time for me to do on the basis of X, Y, and Z? Then you'll have people in those particular camps saying. Well, this doesn't prove anything for X or Y. They want to have a definitive answer on what the best diet is, given their viewpoint. And then there's obviously the goal of the researchers in this is to put the two in their categories as best they are with limited objectivity to be like, hey, this is what we found from here and this is what we found from here. As you've been saying, both can result in the desired outcome, but in terms of which one is like, no one's determining this is the diet of preference for a group of individuals versus the diet of preference for a group of other individuals, which ultimately is like the real world context of something like this. I think what Richie has described in terms of the, the energy density, um, like the, the finding with that is one will be 
easier for people to do if the goal is X versus when we obviously a little bit more difficult for a person or a group of individuals if the goal is X. Sorry to interrupt this episode, but we just wanted to let you know that we're currently accepting applications to work with any of our coaches to help you lose weight and get shredded or build muscle and get jacked. If you want to know more, just head over to nnncoaching.com forward slash apply. No contract lengths, just evidence-based coaching to make sure you get the results you've always been after. I, I think like with any of these studies, you know, you have to be, when you're, ma- when you're making the study, you have to be really specific about the question that you're asking. And then when you get the results of it, you have to be really specific and say that, okay, the results that we've got, they apply in this context, just like, just like Rab said. So, you know, what we're saying here is if somebody is eating an ad libitum diet, that's all plant-based, whole food, whole food plant-based, they're probably going to eat fewer calories than if they were eating a, a similar whole foods diet that was filled with, you know, high fat animal products as well. Um, but it's not saying that one is specifically better than the other. It hasn't. It hasn't looked at what would happen if you combine them. Um, I was about to. And say, I, I, I was about to say that. I was about to say it'd be interesting if they had a third control group where they'd combine the two, because my initial kind of um, instinct would be well, more variety then probably a more calorie consumption because they've got more food mm-hmm. choice. They've got more variety to stimulate the kind of the palatability side. And therefore, the, that ab libitum's eating would probably allow them to consume more than either of those groups, potentially. So, I, and, and that, that, that's something that would be really, really cool to find out. Like, you could also do a very, very low-fat version of the, uh, the plant-based whole foods one just by adding in some lean uh, animal protein. Um, you know, and it, yeah. it would it wouldn't be anything like the ketogenic diet at all because that was exceptionally high in fat. Like, you know, seventy five percent fat is is super high. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, it would be interesting to see what effect that would have. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it hasn't been done, so we can't. We can only speculate. You know, we can't. We can't say anything definitive on it. But I I, I think it's it's a nice little piece of evidence to add to the kind of ever growing body of literature that we have. Like you know, it's it's, it's another piece of the puzzle that kind of gives us a better idea of what's what's going on. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Well, just so on the weight loss part, and obviously maybe we'll start talking about some of the health markers that they measured in a, in a moment. But on the weight loss part, the cl- clearly we would probably all have guessed this, I would imagine. But there was a significant drop in weight in the initial few days on the high fat ketogenic diet compared to the plant based which you would obviously put down to water loss and glycogen loss because they're not consuming carbohydrates. So um, those old batteries in the old muscles will be disappearing, um, as they say. Um, Who says that? <laughs> they all say that. Don't question they. They exist. Okay. okay. Continue. <laughs> Continue. Um, uh, <laughs> um, but what 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 is also, and I don't... I don't know if I missed this when I was going through it, but in terms of the fat-free mass change and the fat mass change, um, there was a significant drop, or sorry, a difference between the two groups. Um, I don't know if it's statistically significant, but the graph certainly seems significant. Of fat-free mass change, but from on like a lot a lower initial drop based on the ketogenic diet than the plant-based. Now, again, I don't know how they measured it. I don't know if you two, if I missed it, how do they measure the fat-free mass change? Did they use DEXA? Uh, they used DEXA, DEXA. yeah. So here, here's one thing, right? And here's my, my issue with this. Like, as much of a fan of, of DEXA as I am, um, like, if you're looking at something called fat-free mass, yep. you're looking at, you know, changes in body water, body glycogen. They're all going to contribute to that. It's not, it's not like just, it's not saying fat-free mass is equal to muscle because it absolutely isn't no. so you know that, that would... like you said a lot of those changes with the um the ketogenic diet that initial drop in, in weight it's it, it's going to be body water you know yeah. and it's body water that's lost for muscle it's not somebody hasn't lost muscle this isn't me defending a ketogenic diet like it's just that's just the way it is um you'll get that initial kind of push of body water being lost because you don't have glycogen it's not holding on to, to water in your muscles and you don't get at that in the plant-based diet because you still got all that carbs in there and people are going to maintain that weight. And I think it would be very, very easy for, let's say, because like like Rob said, again, you've got two camps here that are going to look at this and they're going to interpret this differently and they're going to try and get this study to play out to their sides, which is unfortunate. Um, but with the that kind of low-carb approach, 
you will lose fat straight away and they'll say oh you, you, we've lost weight straight away it's it's winning already and then you know the low carbs go oh but you've lost all muscle because you know it's a, it's all fat free mass that's gone and then there'll be others say oh with the low carb diet they didn't lose any weight at the start or they lost it really really slowly and but then you can just go back and say oh yeah well yeah because they didn't lose all of that water but they were maintaining their fat free mass or muscle like people are going to interpret it differently and it's really really important that people don't jump to conclusions with that but unfortunately because you, we're going to have so many what's the word keyboard warriors jumping on this study and saying oh my god look at this it proves we're right or either either group will find that they will find something in this study that they like because there were kind of pros and cons to both diets in in certain aspects i think but on the way on the on the weight loss perspective i think like the the plant-based diet showed itself to be better because they did analyze how much fat was being lost over the course of the the entire study and it was considerably higher in like the actual amount of fat mass that was lost was considerably higher in, in yeah. the plant-based diet that's what, um that's, what but say, that's um, down to calories yeah that's what i was going to say on the um so the fat mass the fat-free mass change obviously was a lot more pro- pronounced on the initial week or so on as we just explained on the um ketogenic diet compared to plant-based but that completely flips on the plant-based diet where looking obviously at the data on uh graph c it's barely changed over the two weeks i mean obviously it has eventually it's actually gone up the fat mass changes has actually increased in the first week and then um compensated and gone down to roughly quarter percent or sorry quarter of a kilo fat mass change whereas the plant base has just dropped um mm. More linearly, linearly across the two weeks to you know like a, a half kilo. So statistically significant, I guess that worked out. Again, I don't know because I can't remember reading it, but um, certainly real world significance across two weeks. You know, quarter of a kilo, half kilo of actual fat mass. Assuming that you know Dexa picks it up, which um, it's about as gold standard as we're going to get. Let's be honest for us. So. Um, yeah, I guess that kind of just aligns with what you've just said. I mean, I don't know if we want to move on to some of the health markers. I mean, some some of the expectation or ones that we probably expect really around kind of like glucose measurements. Um, the ketogenic diet was clearly a lot uh, more stable in glucose control and the amount of glucose in blood and stuff, as you expect in a lower carb diet. So some applicability there to people that may need to measure, monitor their, their glucose levels, aka diabetics, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, sorry, no, go. Are you going to say something? No, no, you go. Um, I, I, I think that is one particular point that needs to be kind of, kind of hammered home. Is so with, with study, none of them are diabetics. Um, they were all, let's say, relative. They were all overweight. Okay, so you know, anybody who is overweight, they're, they're probably going to have slightly poor blood blood glucose control. Yeah. So they were only a tw- they were only twenty seven BMI though, average, wasn't it? I mean, it's still overweight, you know, and we're going to assume that this is a, a non um, exercising, a non athletic mm. population. So it's probably going to be a higher amount of body fat in there as well. Yeah. Um, so I, again, these are all big assumptions that I'm making, right? Um, but. We can assume that nobody had major blood blood control issues, but yeah, if somebody did, going on the the lower carbohydrate approach initially might be really really good for some people because we 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 know that for diabetics, lower carbohydrate diets can be better for appetite control, um, and that's something to to, to bear in mind. Um, but in, in this case, it didn't seem to be an issue. So, people often jump on the the low carbohydrate diet for everybody. Um, and like they'll say, it's all because of blood glucose control. But if your blood glucose control is, you know, relatively okay, it's it's not exactly a, an issue, you know, most. And yeah, people had higher blood glucose excursions on the plant-based diet here. I don't know how clinically significant they would be because they kind of all seem to be within kind of normal ranges. Mm. Um, they also did like, they, they, they talk about blood glucose control here as well. They also did like a, an insulin... Um, what was it? Uh, oral glucose tolerance test, mm-hmm. um, and that actually turned out worse in the uh, ketogenic diet. But you can also say that that's because they were on a ketogenic diet; they weren't being exposed regularly to carbohydrates. So when you do expose them to carbohydrates, they have an exaggerated response like that. That kind of um, acute insulin resistance is it happens in in ketogenic diets. Um, it's it's not exact it's not a bad thing it's just because like if you're not eating carbs your body's not going to be prepared when you give them a you know a yeah. glass of like 50 grams of glucose or whatever you put into a, a 
an oral glucose tolerance test. Um, so yeah, I, I, it, you know, it's not cut and dry. It's like, oh yeah, the higher carb one was was worse for blood glucose control because, you know, it's two weeks and we can't really say anything. Um, well, when, I, if, when, if go on. Go on. No, I was just going to say, looking at the HbA1c results, I mean, baseline was like five point two average across, yeah. and then five point zero and five point one. Five point one. So, I mean, I I'm not a clinician, so but it's much over muchness, really. Yeah, but but I, this is what I was was going to say was it would be nice if this was possible if they could do a three month study because HbA1c is it's it's a measure over Time. like you know it's usually yeah. gone over two or three months yeah. so it would be really really nice to see how it uh, how it actually changes it over that yeah yeah but then I suppose even going back to one of the this was the key thoughts from it's great to have a study like this but you know the argument will just be one of the ones that I can just easily see well so in two weeks, so in two weeks yeah it's like yeah. it's like give, give it time or like give it we need x amount of time to show the different markers you'll see a massive change you like i can see people speed like speed typing at like the like, <laughs> saying like just doing that talking about the the figures that we see here when it comes to like hba1c glucose insulin like even maybe even like um like HDL particle number etc you can be like oh well give that three three months and the carnivore diet will massively do that because X said so. He's he he did this and he's shown that. So again, it's great to have this, but as you said, Richie, I think if you could get three months of data on something like that, you'd be able to apply, uh, I suppose, a better framework of what this can actually do, or a better yeah. picture, better outcome. That's that's the problem with any nutrition research, though. Like it, it doesn't matter how how good a study is that like people are going to shit all over. It's like, oh, you should have done this, you should have done that, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like, uh, I just want to be completely clear, just in case Kevin Hall ever listens to this. This is a flipping great study. Um, and <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, Kevin, I, uh, I will be looking for a job in about a year's time. As soon as a PhD <laughs> is done, I'd love to work with you, just letting you know. Um, no, but it, now, it's a great study. And... Special guest. <laughs> uh, wouldn't it be brilliant if I just rolled <laughs> him out? Yeah, <laughs> 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 he's been sitting there to your left the whole time yeah. um but like it, it, it's a great study it's like it's a pilot study um it's it's short and it'll probably lead to something bigger because like you know kevin hall works in the nih they've got a load of money and now that they've got like this kind of proof of concept they'll be like right, let's go do it big time um again kevin if you weren't thinking of doing that and you want to take my idea yes you can as long as you take me on and i get paid a full wage um <laughs> Plug, cheeky plug. Um, okay, do you want? Should we touch on some of the uh, LDL and HDL, all the all the different particle sizes in terms of some of the health markers there? Um, just moving away from, unless we've got more you want to talk about in terms of glucose control. Obviously, the the HbA1c stuff, like you say, it'd be interesting if this was longer to see how over time that maybe start to separate. You know, we mentioned the baseline at five point two and. Five for the, for the keto and five point one for the plant based. Whether that start to the uh, lower on the ketogenic diet and then create a more disparity between the two, then and whether plant based maybe stay similar or the same, that would be interesting over time. But mm. I mean, unless you're going to do a ten year study, you know, like you say, everyone's going to always say something. Um, ten years isn't long enough. <laughs> let's make it twenty. We need a generational study. Yes. There we go. Start recruiting now. Start start rec- recruiting in the womb. So, um, <laughs> um, literally born. Sign the consent form. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think one cool thing, and it just goes back to the content of the diet, is that the, the plant-based diet was a lot lower in salt and sodium than the, uh, the ketogenic diet. And I don't know if this, would, this is the direct result of that, but the... Uh, blood pressure was a little bit lower in the plant-based diet compared to the um, ketogenic diet. Now, whether that would hold through, hold true for you know a longer study, who knows? But like, let's say elevated blood pressure is a, a risk factor for a lot of other conditions. It's an elevated risk factor for chronic kidney disease, for uh, cardiovascular disease. Um, uh, it's it's not good. So, like, getting blood pressure lower is is a really, really good policy. Um, and doing that by lowering salt, increasing fiber, and that kind of thing is, is a really, really good 
approach. So the kind of plant based has a little bit of an advantage there. But I think the big one came with the uh, cholesterol because uh, cholesterol, like LDL cholesterol, the particle number was down. And that is a good thing. Um, so the fewer particles you have, the fewer uh, opportunities you have of it kind of getting into the 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 intima of blood vessels and causing a, an atherosclerotic plaque. Uh, but also particle size um, didn't, I think it was particle size didn't drop on the uh, plant-based diet, but it did drop on the um, the keto diet wasn't it so you had a drop in particle size and you had an increase in particle number and that is a like a prime example of dyslipidemia where you've got these a lot of really really small particles of uh, ldl cholesterol which can really easily get into the intima blood vessels and promote that formation of atherosclerosis formation of a plaque which can lead to heart disease in the future and that was a really really interesting finding and if that was something that held true for for years, that could be a potentially worrying aspect of the ketogenic diet. And I, I think it's really important to say as well that it's not just the fact that it was a ketogenic diet. We have to bear in mind that this was a very, very high fat and a very, very high saturated fat diet as well. So you could modify that potentially and, and you know go with more plant-based uh, fat in that. So that might have a different effect. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can't say much based on that, but we can, you know, we can kind of say, uh, you know, a high saturated fat ketogenic diet does result in this change, which is potentially bad for um, heart health, so, if that makes sense. On on your point around the um, the types of fatty acids that are used in, in, I might be worth just kind of mentioning some of the menus for, just so people can, because obviously people listening might not understand or co- the context around kind of what that actually looks like. I mean, and obviously look at the menus that they've given in the in the supplemental stuff. I mean, like breakfast, veggie scramble, egg, shredded cheddar or Monterey Jack cheese, heavy cream, butter, onions, broccoli, spinach and salt. Lunch, burrito bowl with beef roast and then cheese, flax seeds, guacamole, ranch and sour cream. Uh, Dinner was zucchini pasta. That's not pasta. Don't call it that. Uh, With with meat sauce. Um, Parmesan, again, creamy Caesar uh, Caesar dressing. Uh, Next breakfast, scrambled eggs with egg, heavy cream, butter, American cheese, pork sausage. Um, Cauliflower, chicken and cheese soup. Cauliflower, heavy cream, butter, American cheese, chicken breast, salt and pepper. Veggie ham on eggs, heavy cream, salt. You get the idea. I think people can understand kind of get a good idea of the types of foods that they're eating are like richie said you could easily modify a lot of this stuff and add in some 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 different fat sources uh from plant-based and get some kind of more um polymonounsaturated fats in there and moving away from the saturated stuff um which could then have a knock-on effect to the the ldl particle size and numbers as well in terms of then the effect it might have over longer term health um Baked Dijon salmon, salmon mayonnaise, Dijon mustard, Parmesan cheese. Um, with... I gotta say, they had a good selection. Yeah, they of did. Food this. The food looks alright. Yeah, it's pretty, Gre- pretty gr- awesome. Green beans, almondine. Green beans, almonds, butter, and salt. <laughs> Cauliflower scrambled eggs. That sounds like a diet food to me. <laughs> Cauliflower scrambled like, eggs. The beef, the beef stir fry looks really, really tasty. Yeah. Like actually, the beef stir fry meal is a really really good example of how you could do a potentially like really a modified fat version of this where you've got like uh you know more unsaturated fats because you know if you're using lean beef and you're using they've got canola oil there as well um i i really don't have much to say about the cauliflower rice that goes with it on the side but um have have you seen lunch on day four have you seen lunch on day four cheeseburger That's four. not a fucking cheeseburger. How dare you, sir? I would honestly, if they served me that, I'd be like, I'm out of here. You can't pay me enough to do this study. <laughs> it's a cheeseburger in it, wrapped in some form of uh, well, leaf. Le- lettuce leaf. But I was trying to think what type of lettuce. Maybe like a cos lettuce or something ridiculous. <laughs> what is that? that? That is actually quite sad looking. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a cheeseburger. How dare you call it that? Well, it, it, it is a hamburger, but it's just a hamburger, a bunless hamburger. It's a patty rather than a burger. Hamb- hamburger patty. So yeah, yeah, there's no yeah. there's no bun. But anyway, so I just thought it'd be useful just for people to hear the types of foods they're eating on this on, on the ketogenic diet. Um, 
and that I think a lot of people intuitively would say they're not particularly healthful. Um, Some of them, no, definitely not. I mean, obviously, the fact that I've I, yeah, the fact that I've said heavy cream in like every meal and like cheese. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I'm just kind of looking more from. Um, general population's views of what they consider helpful rather than kind of from a nutritional or a nutritionist perspective or, or mm-hmm. kind of someone with, with some background knowledge on it. Um, a lot of those foods, people would instinctively think that they aren't the types of foods they should be eating every day, um, which, you know, is probably correct in the right lines anyway. But um, yeah, they had good menus, good, good food actually really, didn't they, in terms of what they were being mm-hmm. served by the looks of it. Um, breakfast one on the plant-based, cinnamon, brown sugar and blueberry quinoa. That sounds nice. doesn't look like it does. It sounds nice. It doesn't look it like looks, the most. It looks meal. gross. Yeah, it looks gross. It looks like someone vomited in a bowl. But um, as my uh, as my wife describes quinoa, um, well, she wouldn't say quinoa to start with. But as my <laughs> as my <laughs> wife descri- describes it, those funny little alien things. <laughs> so obviously, when they cook in the little germ seeds out, or yeah, things, yeah, it's, yeah. You know, she thinks they look like funny little alien things. <laughs> Um, were there any other prominent health markers that we noticed uh, for either diet in terms of changes? So, um, whether we want to talk around any more of the, the kind of the cholesterol stuff or what else was on there? Uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I know HDL, uh, the effect was similar for both. Um, I think it was like. I think that what was Rob, do you remember was there a drop in HDL or I'm just trying to look at it now. Um where are we going? Yeah, both both went down, yeah. decreased from baseline, but the HDL dropped a little bit more with the plant plant based diet. Yeah. yeah. Uh same with particle number and size. Oh no, size is the same. Another another thing, and this is not a specific marker, but it's kind of a good indication of diet quality, is that in the whole food plant-based diet, the daily intake of fiber was like 60 grams, and then with the ketogenic diet, it was 20 grams. Um, so like that's a good whack of fiber, like you know, and that's a, a, a that's a kind of kind of clinically significant level of fiber, like so that's yeah. where you kind of start seeing effects where it it has effects on your cholesterol, like low cholesterol cholesterol lowering effects. So. Um, that was really, really interesting too. There's some other interesting stats around kind of T levels and free T levels and stuff as well, which is interesting. Although I can't really say I've got enough knowledge to really uh, translate them properly, but that's some interesting mm, yeah. Changes. No, it, it, it's a cool study. They took a lot of measures, um, and yeah. Hopefully they'll get a, an even bigger one going at some point. It, it was a really, really interesting study, and like I just, I hope more than anything, it just makes people think that there doesn't have to be a cut and dry approach to to everything. You know, it's like I, I think one of the the biggest things that will come out of this, if if anything comes out of it, is that like it kind of it says the whole you know insulin hypothesis of um, you know weight gain and the obesity uh, epidemic just doesn't hold true. True if you know what i mean mm-hmm. um there are it, it, it's it's just like it's not as easy as saying if your insulin is higher you're going to gain weight it just doesn't work out like that i think that's unless that's a good place to uh finalize i'm conscious of time richard and obviously i know you're you've got a, a slight deadline which we've already run over um <laughs> so let, let's just let, let's just round this up then so Again, just to reiterate, just in case we haven't been prominent enough, but I think we have, in obviously the study design, obviously the fact that it's ad libitum, so people were free to eat as much or as little as they want. Um, and the, the point of this study was to assess how much food, I guess, people ate on these different types of diets. Um, now, you would, we, I mean, I, I would say, obviously, this is a cool study to, set, to kind of use for people um, that would generally be pro-plant or, or pro-carbohydrates, I should say, um, because it might suit their preference and bias. For people that already have a bias or preference, whichever word you want to use for that, for to high fat, would you say there's as much applicability or would you say that actually this is something that they should consider anyway? For somebody who has a preference for a high-fat yeah. diet. And the reason I say that is because obviously, mechanistically, and 
and maybe that's not the right phrase actually given I guess it's ad libitum and then therefore I guess it does align into this kind of the idea of preference in terms of you know ad libitum eating but all I was thinking if someone really is preference for for a kind of a high fat diet whatever the rationale or reason is is this some some a diet that you can or sorry is this a piece of study material that you would say is worth them considering or not based on for a lot of things preference would override I guess mechanistic stuff anyway yes and no like like yes everybody you should consider this it's a piece of it's a piece of evidence people need to consider evidence and no matter what form i think people need to really consider evidence especially when it goes against your biases um i think that's hugely important and it's good to look at and maybe if somebody is following what would be considered like a traditional ketogenic diet which tends to be often high in saturated fat um and lower in you know really really important vegetables I think it's important to look at it in that context and think, okay, there are some potentially negative connotations from a heart health, from cardiovascular disease perspective here that people should look at. Um, and yeah, you should you should just bear that in mind. Yeah, and I think it's worth maybe examining ways. I know it's not, it's not what the city tells us to do, but obviously in the context of what we described around the heart health implications, looking at ways to still honor the preference that you've made, but manipulate a few things to perhaps make it more, I suppose, long-term in its, I suppose, health promotion from that perspective. Like if you like doing a particular style, is there a way we can modify it to make it better for you in the long term so that you get the best of both worlds? Good roundup. Good roundup. I like it. Um, cool. Well, thank you both for your time and for your uh, serious amount of humour that you always give me every time we speak. I enjoy. <laughs> I, I enjoy it a lot. Um, Rab, what's your uh, socials, Instagram for people who want to follow, just in case they don't already? Um, it's Das Nutrition currently, um, and. I still say some stuff from time to time. Uh, there's a little thing called at Health Connect or at Health Connect Hub that we're trying to do some cool stuff with, but that's still in its early infancy. But that's kind of where we're at right now. Cool, uh, Richard. Uh, yeah, I'm at B More Nutrition, so it's B underscore More underscore Nutrition um, on Instagram, and you can search for me B More Nutrition on. Uh, Facebook and then I'm bemorenutrition.com as well my my website that rarely gets updated but hopefully one of these days eventually will um, you fingers so, crossed you, so, you sold that as well as Rab did the uh, the Irish tourism <laughs> <laughs> why don't you change the name to be more nutrici be more Ooh, I like it be, no, be more nutrici nutrici Nutri- yeah. it's good sounds good um, we, I was in a shop uh, where were we? Yes, we were in the we were in the supermarket the other day, and Georgia picks up this um this it's like a an A4 book, and it literally says "Be more unicorn" underneath. And Georgia's got this thing about unicorns, and it's like it's like if we set up a company together, this is what it would be called: "Be more unicorn," <laughs> um, which is true. Um, I've so, already bought the domain. I was about to say. I was about to say. I bet she's already <laughs> bought the domain. The domain name, actually. Well, thank you both to my favourite people. Not just the industry, two of my favourite people, full stop. So thank you both. Oh. Very much appreciate it. Oh, hot hands. Um, we'll do this again soon, no doubt. Um, for the- Absolutely. And, and here's a to, to everybody listen. If you've made it this far, write a comment somewhere on the No Nonsense Nutrition website and say something. Um, say, Brett, you need to sh- shave your beard. Trim, trim, not shave, trim. Um, you need to trim. We, we never touched on that, actually. So what I was going to say before we started recording is um, I never, you asked about, do I, oh, no, actually, Rab, I think, asked about if I have this professionally manicured, manicured, I don't know that's the right word. Anyway, manscaped. <laughs> I think that's for your genitalia, but it doesn't matter. Uh, um, yes, so no, I don't, but it was never meant to be this long. Um, but after a few weeks of lockdown, I just thought to myself, Hmm, I wonder how Why long not? I could yeah how long I can leave this and now it's got to a point where I actually can't trim this until I finish lockdown so I kind of told myself I'll do I'll get I'll get rid of it when lockdown finishes so um 
I've done the same thing with this. Oh, with the chest week. <laughs> it's not quite the same, I'm afraid, Richard. But yeah, it's, my, my beard is getting a little bit out of hand. I'm not going to lie. But um, well, right. I'm, I'm married. It's not like I have sex anyway, so it doesn't matter, does it? So <laughs> wife doesn't care. <laughs> beard or no beard. Oh. Anyway, uh, on, on, on that note. That's why we love you, Brett. That's why we love you. I know. It's not, don't love me enough to sleep with me, but never mind. <sighs> I'm too hairy, you wouldn't like me. <laughs> right. Anyway, on that note, let's say bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week. <laughs>